Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about World of Warcraft and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! My name is Happy Joe Hogan. <laughs> Many of you know me as uh, Sir Epic of House Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 142 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. And of course, because my intro is slightly different than it normally is, that must be because today we are being joined by Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. You got to learn. I mean, I've been on the show a couple of times now. You have to learn to double check your show notes before you start reading. I am always going to edit your introduction. Oh, I I saw. I was very aware. So I just figured, you know, we'll go with it. We're going to roll with it. Excellent. Yeah. I'll never put anything terrible in there. I was like, (laughs) I just like to change things up a little bit. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Like I was saying before and went to the dentist today, got my teeth cleaned. That's always everybody loves that, right? Everybody, it's mm. such a it's such a highlight of our yeah. of our week. <laughs> that that clean mouth, painful gum feeling you get. For mm. awesome. our poor listeners, I know there's some people that are cringing. I know what I would be <laughs> if I was just suddenly confronted with somebody's trip to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, good part is my dentist is across the street from a mall that has a cheesecake factory in it, which nice. means that every time I go to the dentist which is generally once every six months, as we all should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pick up something from Cheesecake Factory to bring home. That's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Get a jump start on ruining my teeth again for the next six months. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, we're going to jump right in. Um, yeah. Other than, other than 
just your normal everyday life, you've got some some stuff going on. I do I believe we have we have some new opportunities to listen to our our old friend Rob. Yes, there's a new way people can hear more of my voice. Well, there's one that just ended, not ended, ended, but ended their first season, and that was Podcasters Assemble, probably, which was the 20, and I never get the number right, is it 23 or 22 part series? 22. 22, okay, including Endgame. Yes. Is 22, okay. Mm -hmm. So that was a 22-part series that our very own Troidal Power put together, which is insane. Like, I cannot imagine the work that went into doing that. Yeah, seriously. A daily podcast every single day during the month of April leading up to Endgame, where every day there was a review uh, from multiple podcasters of each Marvel Cinematic Universe film. And then obviously there was a break while everybody got a chance to go see Endgame. And that episode just aired. I think it was this last week, wasn't it? Or the week before? I think it was no, last, I think, this last week. Yeah, I think it just came. I think it came out the week. All, all of our all of our Endgame content came out. If you are yeah. not aware, every show on the geek to geek Network did something about Endgame. And it's all been kind of fun. Yeah, and then I followed it up with the second one. So the other thing that we were talking about is I started a new podcast finally, but I'm being, I don't know if it's lazy or nice about it. I was looking at different options and I decided to just keep using the existing feed from my Mm -hmm. last show, The Comic Box, which I don't think you're supposed to do because like even now on Google Play, it has my old show logo on there instead of the new one. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if that's good or bad, but I I started a new podcast called And Sometimes Rob because I'm going to do it sometimes. I'm not dedicating myself to doing a weekly podcast because I spent, Joe, it's been almost a year since I had my own show. Mm -hmm. The new show was supposed to be called The Geekery and it was supposed to premiere in October. (laughs) So that gives (laughs) you an idea of how much work goes into trying to create a new podcast that would be a regular thing. And mm-hmm. the geekery was originally going to be this thing where we got um, guests from all of the different geek to geek shows, just in different random order. But it became very clear as those months progressed. And we kept sort of trying to put things together that everybody's schedule is so spread out and different. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like for uh, you and Ray and Katie and Chelsea and Void and BJ, like those are the times that they're sure they can get together and record and finding another time that's semi-normal to get together and record just wasn't going to be a thing. So no, there was no, a, not at all. Right. So there was a lot of hemming and hawing and trying to figure out what I would do. And then it kind of came down to, well, if I'm doing it for myself, rather mm-hmm. than trying to create a podcast that's going to have a huge reach and a bunch of you know, massive listenership and I'm going to work on promoting it. It was one of those like, or I can just do something for me for a little while. Mm -hmm. Still put content out there, but it doesn't have to be about comic books. It probably will be most of the time, but doesn't have to be. I can talk to whoever I want about whatever I want, or I can do the show on my own. And that was, that was the idea. That was the impetus. And the name and sometimes Rob worked in my head. Mm hmm. And I, no, and I love it. I think it's a, I think just the format's great. I, I love the title cause it's, it just kind of fits. 
It does. And and thank you. I appreciate that. So I have two episodes out as of this recording. The second episode is um, my uncut thoughts on Endgame that were recorded for Troy's podcast. So when you record for the uh, Podcasters Assemble Probably podcast, he has like five things he's just kind of looking for, which Mm -hmm. we won't get into it. I discussed it on my podcast. I did absolutely wrong for the first 21 films of the MCU. Um, (laughs) But for Endgame, it was, you know, he's like, I just want you to tell me these five things because then he can edit everything together very easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, But knowing me as you do, and maybe some of your listeners do at this point, I ramble a lot. And so I rambled on for over 20 minutes about Endgame, just blurging my thoughts into a microphone and knowing that that was cut up. Once I listened to Troy's podcast and I think he did an amazing job of put again, I cannot express my respect enough for this person and what he was able to accomplish. Um, Once I listened to it, I said, "Okay, uh, I think what I'm going to do is then take my 20 minutes and just put it out there as its own podcast. So if people just wanted to hear my thoughts as a stream of consciousness with no notes, no preparation, just sitting down and hitting record, that is episode two. And then um, episode three was going to be a Mother's Day episode that I was going to record with my mom on Mother's Day, but we ended up Aww. just hanging out all day. And I know it was going to be great. And she was really <laughs> excited. And then we didn't do it. Uh, we just ended up hanging out all day anyway, or it, rather instead. Yeah. But I have a new show. That was the point. I should have <laughs> just called it Rob Rambles. Well, I, the thing that I I like the most about it is I've, there's a lot of times that, you know, at, at one point I can't really claim to ha- do that right now, but at one point I had three podcasts going yeah. and it was because I felt like every time I had something I wanted to talk about, it didn't, if it didn't fit geek culture, then I, I really couldn't do it. And I think that's kind of the neat thing about your show right now is that anytime you have something you want to say, you can just hop on and say it and you're good. And right. I think that's, that's kind of a got to be a freeing kind of feel. Well, the other shows on the network were a big inspiration because you and for your listeners, which of your shows are still going? Is it only Geek Geekitude or are you still doing State of the Geek and your uh, World of Warcraft um, right now, it's just Geekitude. Um, State of the Geek, I, I, I mean, uh, Kelly and I have both had extremely rough uh, beginnings to the year. And, uh, you know, problems with family and my car accident. Whatever do you mean, Joe? <laughs> and so, um, and so we, we are still in touch. But, you know, I, I basically said I need some time to get my feet back under me and yeah. so my, my current goal is to try and get geekitude out every week and and once i can do that then i can start going all right kelly let's let's get something going again um because there's certainly a lot with the current politics and the democratic nominations coming up there's there's all sorts of stuff for us to talk about i repeat whatever do you mean joe <laughs> <laughs> no the, i did that yeah and then um World of Warcraft Classic is coming out in August. They just announced the um, the new date today. So I don't know. I haven't decided. I liked I liked doing that one, but it took a lot of prep because I'd have to go back. I didn't necessarily play Vanilla WoW, so I would have to go back into like old. Um, web pages or look up people who are playing on private servers and get like 
factual information to then turn into notes that I would then try and say in a concise manner into a microphone on my own. And it's just not the way I like to work. So depending on how um, the summer goes, I'm thinking I may try and get some of that stuff out there into the world again. Um, but instead of making it about like, Oh, these are the things you need to do to, you know, be efficient as a player in, in classic. Wow. Um, it might just be kind of hanging out with a bunch of people who play it and seeing how they're doing. But I, I, the, the, the title, uh, podcast of the whale is too good to just not do something with it. So I kind of feel like I have to have to go back to it at some point. Would you ever just make it a side segment to Geekitude? Because then, when there's something every month or something where you just you have something you want to get off, because that's the way. Again, you know, a, a lot of the inspiration comes from all of the other Geek to Geek shows right now. Tea time is literally about whatever they feel like talking about that day, and that's what yeah. makes that show great. Because you're not there necessarily for the topic; you're there for them. You're there for the mm-hmm. hosts of two best friends hanging out and having fun, and it's kind of the same with the geek to geek podcast, you're there for the discussion because Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll agree. Sometimes they won't. It's mostly video games, but you don't really know what that topic is going to be. Whereas the comic box was locked in. of Mm -hmm. It has to be about comics. And it's not like there's not enough comic book related material out there, but it sort of hampered anytime I maybe wanted to talk about something else, but I feel like geekitude you is sort of the same thing. So long as you feel it's in the realm of geekdom, which is anything you're passionate about, you could absolutely still do little things on the side and we might not understand them, but I, would- <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's it. If, if um, more of my regular, um, contributors like if ray as co-host or or the other people on the geek to geek network were a little bit more into wow i would think that it would be um you know it'd be a fine thing to kind of add in there whenever i'm excited about it and i certainly have done an episode or two on on warcraft because it is a huge part of my my geek existence the last episode of your show that i listened to was with beach from from geek to geek and you guys were talking all about wow and i had no idea what you were <laughs> but i still enjoyed listening because it's you can still enjoy a conversation even if you're not exactly sure what it is they're talking about because i get enough i've played an mmorpg before mm-hmm. so i get enough i guess yeah. maybe if somebody doesn't know what you know a tank or dps is or aggro but i at least have that frame of reference there's geek osmosis what I call it. <laughs> there so like, is. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I know a lot about Star Wars. Same with me and uh, and um, Doctor Who. I'm a little sketchier in Doctor Who, but I get if somebody says timey wimey, I know they're talking about Doctor Who. Yeah, and I know what a TARDIS is. and Right, and what yeah. a Dalek is. and Exactly. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is, is that, you know, when I know when Bij is on, I can talk. I can talk Warcraft because he can talk back with me and that makes for interesting listening. (laughs) Like um, when I do get really excited about Warcraft and it's just me and Ray, Ray's like, Oh, that's great. And he tries, but he's not a gamer. So he has very little reference. And so that's harder for the listener. when One of the two people talking has no idea what's going on. Sure. But I don't know, man, I love Ray as a co-host because he does one of the things that I think more podcasters need to do, which is ask good questions. Like he is so wonderful in conversation because he'll say, oh, but 
but tell me what you, why, or just, just even that question, just asking why, instead of somebody making a statement, you say, oh, okay. And then talk about yourself. He'll dig a little bit deeper. And I love that. I do it for like comedic purposes. Like if you Mm -hmm. listen, when I was with Katie on tea time with Katie and Chelsea, and I kept bothering her about this pie that she wanted, but didn't get, um, but I try to do that. I try to ask questions. Yeah, and, and it definitely does help. And since we brought up Ray, just yeah. so everybody knows, the like we have we have tried very hard to meet as often as we can, but he is in the middle of his grad program. I know he's talked to about that on on the show a couple times. But he's on finals week this week. And so he he we, we have been talking about and and enjoying everybody's comments. Uh, after listening to our end game, a lot of people have said, oh, you have to do phase four. You have to tell us all your theories. You have to talk about all that because, you know, I think I think we provide a lot, <laughs> a lot, yes. a lot Agreed. of Marvel Agreed. Cinematic Universe material. Uh, so he really wants to, I think, we'll just get a much better, um, much better product once he is done for the summer. And so this is his last week and we've already got plans to to get in here and, and talk about all sorts of fun Marvel cinematic universe stuff. And I still want to get together with you and him and do uh, what we would have done with the DCU if given the chance. Cause I think that will be a great conversation. I'm down. Yeah. And Hey, good luck, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, send good thoughts to, to Ray this week. Cause uh, we all know how, how wonderful finals are. So <laughs> yes, good thoughts. Don't mention Gambit. No. <laughs> oh, man. Now I got to go look it up. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it at? Well, while I'm doing that, uh, <laughs> what what have you been geeking out about just recently? All right. Here's my short weekly geekery. Uh, I am a part of a group that plays a giant board game called Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. which is going to take us like a year to play through. I have never done anything like it before. And it is uh, usually overwhelming for me. This idea of not I've never a I've never had a weekly or biweekly, whatever it is, game group. But I've never had a game group that meets and plays the exact same game that's still ongoing. Like I've never done a tabletop RPG Uh, And this is kind of close to that, except it's more structured. But uh, we are now going to be way too busy during the month of May. There's just too much everybody has going Mm -hmm. on. So we're not going to meet for about a month. And that'll be the longest period of time since we started where we'll walk away from the game and then have to come back. Mm -hmm. And there's already so much checking of rules. Like, I think finally we've gotten into a stride. But for the first, like, eight game sessions, it was constantly looking up rules in the rule book. So I'm a little worried about when we get back to it. I don't, I don't know if you've ever played any of these massive games. I haven't. We started talking about, we started, we did the first chapter of um, the, um, oh, what's it called? The, but the diseases. Um, Pandemic yes, legacy. We did that. We did one, one session of that. It was uh, Matt and I and our friends, Gene and Jeff. And, we did some things wrong the first session and I think it was just such a pain to set up that we've been like, we've talked about it and every time we get together, we end up just playing a different game. Yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot of setup because in this game, even it's like, okay, you open the room uh, and now you basically hang out for five minutes while the guy who is running the game sets everything up and, and uh, or maybe read something else, but it is fun. Like, I don't want to pretend like I'm not having fun for those that have played the game before. I am the scoundrel and I am a level 
six, I think, which is incredibly high. Usually your character does what they call retires mm -hmm. after a certain point. I am, I think, one of two characters in our group of five players that has not retired. So my character is uh, does a lot of damage and stuff. Um, outside of that, there's obviously Game of Thrones, which I think the best thing to say here is go visit the geek to geek Slack channel. Go into the weekly geekery uh, channel or thread or whatever on there. And then there is a specific thread of spoilers where there are, I don't know how many hundreds at this point or 150, whatever it is. There are a lot of comments in there as we have been talking Game of Thrones spoilers. So I won't say anything else here, positive or negative. It's negative, <laughs> uh, but you could go and find that in that thread. Um, next, I have uh, two books. One of them is uh, Professor Beege over on the geek to geek and his, I believe, cousin, is it cousin or nephew? Nephew? Austin. Nephew. Nephew uh, wrote a book together a couple of years ago called uh, Nimbus. And you can get the first volume of it for free on Amazon Kindle. And then there's an omnibus. And it's literally only a couple of bucks. And so I read the first one for free. And now I'm digging into the larger thing. And it's something I've been meaning to read for a mm -hmm. long time. But I was in the middle of doing like this massive Marvel cosmic reread. And I get into these comic book binges where I just focus on one comic book mm -hmm. for a while. And I finally wanted to get back over to real books. So um, this is one of the ones that I'm reading. The other one that I finished in like a day and a half, I just could not put it down, is uh, the, the video game The Division. Mm -hmm. If, if you have heard about this, it's the, what is it? I think it's Ubisoft. Okay, I haven't, but. but it's in. Okay. So the division, uh, currently the sequel is out. That's one people are playing right now. The division two, it is an online multiplayer shooter mm -hmm. where there is some PVP, but it's mostly PVE, meaning it's you fighting the computer okay. in a setting, which is a pseudo post-apocalyptic America. The first game takes place in New York. This one is Washington, D.C. A virus got out and killed uh, most people. Okay. And so now you are this squad of special agents that has been activated to try and keep America together. And unlike other, you know, I, I mean, I want to say Borderlands, but I actually don't know much about Borderlands. But I would say unlike, you know, in well, even Overwatch has a lot of lore. Damn it. The point is the, the lore in this mm -hmm. game is nice. thick. Like there is a novel, there is a book that tells you about the world. And then there's this thing that I have, which is called the collapse of New York. And on the, it's hard, it's so hard to describe this book, but it's such a wonderful piece of lore. I might give it to my friend who lives in New York, who does not play video games just to see what they make of it on the surface. It is a survival guide about what would happen if a large disease pandemic hits New York City and society starts to crumble. So it starts as a survival guide. Here's what to do if you get cut. Here's how to purify water. Here's, you know, on what days of a pandemic you should do, you know, go out for supplies or, or whatever. Um, so it starts as that. And then on the ledgers of the book are handwritten notes by a woman who is given this book as a gift and lived through this pandemic. Oh, wow. Uh, but the ink is different colors. And on one of the first pages, she makes little tally marks with these different pens. So now, you know, the different colors of ink apply to different periods of time over the course of the month or so that she's writing in this book. So there might be notes from week one and week five on the same page. 
and you just have to kind of in your head, it's almost like watching Memento. Okay. You have to kind of put the puzzle together in your head. And beyond that, while she's reading the book, she realizes it is more than just a survival guide. There are um, puzzles and codes that start revealing secret information that perhaps the writer of this survival guide knew that this uh, pandemic was coming. Oh, wow. And what's the book itself called? It is called The Division New York Collapse. New York Collapse. Because that sounds fascinating. It is. I've never I've never read anything like it where it's an interactive role playing book. Wow. And obviously, as a player of the video game, I think there's more in it for me because then, you know, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to, you could go and watch the hour and a half video where somebody makes a, you know, the division, the movie on YouTube where they just cut all of the cut scenes mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. You could sort of do that and then read this, but like the character from this book shows up in both game spoilers for the division too, but the character in this book shows up in the first division game in like these little side things. Cause as you're going around, you'll pick up like cell phone messages. And, and again, the lore is deep. It's almost like a Skyrim, not to that level where there's like, you know, 40 novels worth of, of books you can read in Skyrim. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that deep, but it's similar. Uh- in that uh, you pick up all of these messages so you personally can piece together the story of the game and pieces from the story that you don't have while playing the game. That's exciting. I, I am excited about this. I think I might look into this because that's the fun thing about, about this time of year. Um, I basically have two weeks of school left because we started really late or we started really early this year. So we're out like the Wednesday after Memorial day and I am ready. (laughs) I'm so ready. (laughs) But now it's like, this is the time that I kind of like line up all the things. It's like, what, what is this summer going to get me through? Like I'm seriously considering doing um, game of Thrones, just kind of binging it because we got to uh, season four and then it got too mm-hmm. too much for Matt, so we stopped. But Matt's going to be at work three days a week, and I will be home. True. And now you don't have the in-laws living with no, you. No, so it'll be... So there's no awkward, awkward, you know, <laughs> in-law conversations during raunchy sex scenes. Oh, my God, Rob. The number of times this happened. <laughs> it's so awful. Oh, that's a piece. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, how was... The weather outside is nice, huh? It, it always starts with an oh my for my mother-in-law and then me just kind of sinking as far into the couch as humanly possible. And Matt's like, it'll it'll be over soon. It's, it's fine. It's always... It's just boobs. It's just boobs. It's just, nope, it's not just... Oh, no. And it could be a show that has like no nudity in it, no sex in it at all. And the one episode we watch with yeah. them. That's why we have uh, we have moved on to, um, to British crime dramas because those are usually pretty yeah, safe. Yeah, I heard. That's fun. Uh, so tell me your weekly geekery. What have you Well, that's actually week? there's there's quite a few shows right now that we are just like, "Oh my god, we need the next episode like yesterday." Um, right now we're we're watching Shetland, so you know, my mother-in-law calls my my husband up and is like, "All right, which day are you coming over?" and then she she cooks us dinner and we we watch the latest episode of Shetland and get very upset that we can't like binge it like all the other shows we're used to binging. Cause that's a, a another British yeah, drama. Yeah. It's the one that started it all. When we went to uh, the Shetland islands over the summer, a couple summers ago, um, everybody was talking about it. 
you know, while we were going on the tours. And so we were like, well, we have to check this out. And we just fell in love with it. So, yeah, so that's a big one. Um, We, I I have talked my husband into watching a discovery of witches, which I'm very interested in because I like urban fantasy. It's my favorite genre. Uh, So we've, we've been, and that's a Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. It's um, it's part of the BBC. It's a, a BBC, oh, okay. one, but I'm pretty sure it's Netflix that we watch it on. So that's that's been fun. I got the book to go along with it, but the book's a lot slower than the than the TV show. So I'm I'm bouncing between a couple of different books right now, and and haven't settled on exactly what I'm going to finish the year out on. Oh, that's hard for me. Yeah. That's fine. How do you do that? How do you how do you stay engaged in multiple books at once? Um, it, it's it's hard, <laughs> and sometimes uh, I will just stop listening, and then I'll have to go back and uh, and start from the beginning. Um, but mm-hmm. just make sure it's not two books with the same narrator. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> that would <laughs> never. That would not work. Um, and then the last show that we've been really into is uh, well, we finished Killing Eve. Amazing! If you haven't seen Killing Eve, yeah, I don't know. Oh, so it. good! It's um, Sandra O oh, from I think she okay. was f- from one of the medical dramas back in the day, and she's really good. She just won an Emmy for it. Um, and basically, she's a a an American person working for Br- Br- British intelligence agencies, uh, and her specialty is. Uh, female serial killers and assassins. And she kind of becomes entangled with this major uh, assassin that is a woman. And the woman is just nuts. Such a great character to watch because she's just, you never know what she's going to do, but she's, it's like really, really dark humor. And it's just this back and forth. It's this kind of cat and mouse game that they play with each other. And, it's just fascinating. It's a very, very woman forward show. Every all the all the people in power tend to be women, which is is nice to see. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, great. And then um, Lucifer is back on Netflix, and it's really good. Really good. My mom was trying to suggest I watch Lucifer, which is hilarious, by the way, for your, for your mother to be like, "I think you'd like Lucifer." <laughs> yes, that's not something you hear on a regular basis <laughs> from anybody, right? Like. I think you'd like Lucifer. He just thinks differently. Kind of reminds me of you. <laughs> okay, thanks, Mom. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great show. I think you would enjoy it. My 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 other friend, Rob, uh, said that uh, when we first came out, he was like, well, this is nothing like the comic book. That was my reaction. That's why yeah, I never got into it. Yeah, but it's very well written and very clever. Okay. Um, the worst season was last the last season on network television i think it was four Mm -hmm. and the only reason why is because the the female part of the crime fighting duo was pregnant so she wasn't it must have been a complicated uh pregnancy because she wasn't in like most of of the season but and so instead they just decided to focus on all these like zany adventures of the side characters and so even though it Mm -hmm. was the the least interesting as far as moving plot forward, the episodes themselves as like just standalone episodes were amazing. 
and so now that everybody has their babies and are are back to working condition, um, they've started back on the regular plot, and it's like every character has an arc that's starting. It's really, really good. I like that they did that. That's always been my favorite episodes of TV shows, though, are the ones that focus on the side mm-hmm. characters. I don't know why. I think I just I have a love of the side. Like my favorite Buffy episode of all time is the Zeppo that focuses entirely on Xander's adventure while the rest of the team is stopping an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Love that kind of yeah. stuff. And then anytime there's a show that has a strong ensemble, like that's what draws me to shows. I like I like a lot of characters that I can bounce back and forth between because um, I feel like it just keeps it moving. Because if if you know a story, if like the a plot with this group is not great you still have the b plot with the other group and so there's always something going on yeah cool. um i did my very second uh escape room uh last weekend cool i love the do you have you done I'll, these i've done two i did one for a friend's birthday and one for my birthday this year so i'm in the same place as you what did what was your opinion doing one for the second time and you kind of knew what was going on um well, it was two different groups of people, and I was very lucky because I've both groups got along really well, and we won both of them, which uh, apparently is not as common as one would think. And I, I think the second one, I felt better about just diving in. Like, it's not that we had a strategy going in, but I think you learn like things to do in escape rooms. Like you don't want to get stuck on a puzzle. If you're working on a puzzle and you can't figure it out, you need to switch out with somebody. Right. Or you might not be able to do it yet because you need to solve a different right, puzzle first. Right. And you don't want to all group up on one thing. The more you spread out, the the faster it goes. And you're not, you've yes. got to be okay with not knowing how all of them are being solved because two other people are solving it on the other side of the room while you're on this side solving yours. Right, right. Was there a theme? Um, the first one, which was for a birthday party, was like a Mayan temple. And that was at um, Escape Room LA. And that was really cool. There was all sorts of different, I think it was a four-room escape room. It was really intricate. Um, but we have a Palm Springs escape room, and it was a vampire lair escape room. Oh, that's that's Yeah, it was only two rooms, but they were pretty good puzzles. And they were... Like that one, like the the LA escape room. It's like if you don't figure it out, oh well, <laughs> you know. Sh- the person in the in the room with you, kind of watching and making sure everything's going fine, um, will you know sometimes tell you if you've got it, but you're just doing it wrong. Like you you know you're pulling up instead of down, and so you know she knows you solved the puzzle. You're just not mechanically working it correctly. Um, she'll she'll say right. something then, but otherwise they leave you alone. Um, the Palm Springs one, they're like, there's a Ouija board on the wall. And anytime you talk to the Ouija board, we can give you a clue. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's cheating. <laughs> I don't want a clue. No, that's, I mean, that's fair. We, the second one that we did was a Marvel themed <gasps> one. And so you got clues through a, and of course it's Marvel themed like finger quotes. Cause they can't actually use any characters, real names right. or. You know, it all has to be illusions because it's not officially licensed. Mm-hmm. But they could say Mjolnir because that's not owned by, by mm-hmm. Marvel. Um, but they gave you clues through a news broadcast. So there wasn't anybody actually in the room except when he had to come into the room to say, was this open? How did you get this open? You're not supposed to get to this part yet. You need to put that item back. <laughs> uh, 
you collect a number of powerful items. And this one is basically supposed to be uh, the Eye of Agamotto. And um, it got out of a thing that had a lock. And it was because one of my friends decided to bring a lock oh. pick. And when no one was looking, picked the lock. So it could be like, I solved this one <laughs> and move on. So, you know, the people running the place never found out that that's why that happened. He told us after we were out, but it was, um, it was pretty good. I got very frustrated. Like I, I clearly, I think I need to be with a group of friends. Cause I don't think it would work well with the group, uh, that I, of people mm-hmm. I work with. I was so worried about everyone having fun. And then I have an issue with situations where I feel like I should be able to figure something out, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I start getting this like really like inferiority complex thing. I was really grumpy for a little while during our escape. By the end, everything was fine. But like I hit a low point in the middle of an escape room. Do you have a similar experience or are you just sort of enjoying it floating? Are you one of the people that like kind of takes a leadership position? Do you just go like what's your experience in, well, an escape in all room? in all fairness, both I've done with my husband. And so the first time we did that, I've because I, I talked to people before, you know, doing it. And one of the things say, they said is if there's a quarterback, you're not going to solve the escape room. And I can. Yeah, oh, and I can see that my husband occasionally can be that quarterback where he's like, "Nope, move over, I've got this." And uh, but he he wasn't. He actually like we work really well together. Um, we're we're really patient with each other, and we know each other's quirks. So we actually make a really good team. Um, and so I think I think my initial concern is is it, yeah that same is everybody having fun, but because you're on a time limit. And I think because I'm used to having to get stuff done in a short amount of time at school, it's kind of like, all right, well, we just got to, we got to burn through this. So what have we got? And as long as you're kind of switching up who you're with, it, it seems to kind of keep moving. So I didn't have a low point. I did have those moments where I would be like, I really don't know what to do when I'm feeling like I'm not contributing right now. But um, then I just try and find a puzzle. Like there was a couple of puzzles in the first one that I just kind of solved on my own while the other people were working on two or three other things. So yeah. That's nice. And then of course, once you do, they all feel so obvious. Oh yeah. Like we did get a clue five minutes to the end of the, the Palm Springs one. And it was kind of one of those things where we knew we were looking for something. We just had no idea where it was. And so they kind of said, well, maybe you should look at this. And it was like, Oh, okay. There it is. Like bright as day. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, love the escape rooms. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be cool. something that's kind of on my regular rotation of, you know, we don't have anything to do today. Let's go to the escape room. I like it. I love it. That's fun. Yeah. Everybody that I went with had never done it before. And everyone came out saying they would absolutely go and do it. Did you again. escape both times? Um, g- Kind of. Uh, we completed the first one. The second one I did, the Marvel-themed one, yes, we did, and we we had time, a little bit of time to spare. I thought we had gone over, but apparently we, we had like five minutes left uh-huh. or something. Uh, the first one we completed, and the way they do it is when you get to the last puzzle, you have to make a choice, and it's a puzzle. It's a simple logic puzzle of here are three paintings. One of them is the forgery, um, or two of them are forgeries, or no. It's something like that. Maybe there's two paintings. One of them is the forgery. One of them is the real one. And then if you pick the correct one, that's it. And the escape room is done. And if you pick the wrong one, you get penalized mm-hmm. time. 
So they give you extra five minutes or 10 minutes to your time, but you could technically still beat it if you are still under the total mm-hmm. time limit, if that, right. if that makes sense. So, and this, it was utterly my fault. I solved the puzzle and I solved it correctly, but then we took the wrong painting off of the wall. And I don't remember if it was, we solved and said, okay, this is the forgery, but you weren't supposed to take the forgery. You were supposed to take the Uh, real one. So like you solve for X, but the painting you're supposed to take was Y. So we solved it correctly, but grabbed the wrong painting off the wall because we misunderstood the original instructions. Mm -hmm. And then we technically lost. So I felt terrible because I said that one, grab that one saying, oh, we solved for X, grab Mm -hmm. X. And they grabbed X and no, you weren't supposed to take that one. You were supposed to take the other one. So it was an impulse thing on my, on my, that's okay. So kind of, kind (laughs) of one. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it sounds like we've been very busy. I don't, I, I I look at how much time that I don't have right now and I'm like, how do I get all this geeky stuff in? Oh, I'm absolutely the same way. And it's, it's learning to, to squeeze things into little bits and pieces. Like when, like the division book I read, that was an afternoon Mm -hmm. of reading. Right. And I had, I had read a little bit the previous day and then I just sat down and went through it on a weekend or, you know, game of Thrones is it that Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's an hour of my time or an hour and a half on a Sunday. Yeah, you just have to fit it in. So it's it's correct. It's finding the little bits. Awesome. Well, we're going to go do a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about cosplay, because we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. All right. Well, Gosh, we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we're back. Yeah. 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 And we're talking about uh, cosplay for charity because this is a big thing you do. It is. It is a big thing. It's a thing that I got into a little over a year ago, I think, and kind of exploded since then. And I think I've talked to a couple of the people that you work with on previous episodes. I believe so. Because was it Amanda that you had on? Yeah. Amanda I had on for specifically cosplay i think and then there was another woman that i had on for droid making oh yes okay mm-hmm. so yeah so it sounds like you yeah. first I, one of the things you had suggested about um a possible topic for this week was like the the minnesota scene versus the the la scene and um i, I think you have a better scene than i do <laughs> there's which is interesting i think ours is I don't. I can't say how big it is because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never traveled to cons outside the state except 
I went to one con in Iowa when I was in Iowa, and it was certainly a smaller one. Uh, but they have a really good group of um, charity cosplayers there as well. Like there's actually an image from that group that's became pretty famous in, in cosplay circles where um, there's a, a little boy with a walker who's hugging Superman and you don't see Superman's face because it's buried in, in this little boy's shoulder because he's crying because of this kid, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. is, is crying with him. And that's become I've seen people make it into graphics that I think they used for T-shirts and stuff. And that came from the um, oh, what do they call themselves now? Um, uh, Justice Corps of Iowa or something like that, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, but yes, in I, it was kind of, I decided I wanted to start doing cosplay stuff and then through Amanda and uh, a couple of other people, it turned into the charity thing pretty quickly and then that launched me into doing much, much more of it because now I wasn't spending money on costumes for myself for fun. I was spending money on costumes that I could then use for the benefit of somebody besides myself because I have a problem with that. I don't like spending money on on me unless I'm you know buying some some you know trade paperbacks here and there or I need a new you know dress shirt or a new pair yeah. of pants or something. I, I usually don't do that. Um, so when it came time to do it, I found a way to make it not about me. And then that helped me rationalize spending money, which I still don't do a lot of. Like some of the people, it's insane. And the amount of money I've seen people spend, like you want to get, say you want to be a Ghostbuster and you want a fully functional, not really functional. You understand what yes. I'm saying. But a proton pack <laughs> that is screen accurate, has lights and sound, and you flick a button and it plays the theme song. Um one of those will cost you $1,500. Wow. To have somebody else. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have a Ghostbusters costume. I bought the pack from Spirit Halloween and I spent, you know, maybe an extra $40 or something modifying it and painting it different, you know, so it looks better. And and I'm not crafty, um, but I do my best. But hey, that's awesome. And I, I think that's one of the nice things about cosplay is that you can kind of go into it as hard or as lightly as you want. Right. And I'm always humbled. The problem is you always see other cosplayers and realize you could do better, mm-hmm. but it's always at a distance, you know? So like if there's somebody out there that's like cosplay sounds fun, but all they see are the cosplay um albums that people put up online of these amazing costumes were like, how did you look like a character from a cartoon? Yeah. Like, how do you that, or, you know, how did you make your own giant uh, Hulk buster armor or whatever? And it's understanding that these people do only that as a mm-hmm. hobby. And it's, and it takes over a hundred plus hours for them sometimes to make these costumes. And it's a lot of trial and error and getting better over the years, just like anything else. But you have to look at them as like, you know, look at a movie like an Avengers movie and go, I have no idea how all that came together. But once you start learning or you study film, you're like, OK, I can see how the pieces exist, but it's still insane. And I personally could never do that type of thing. It's the same thing. It doesn't mean you can't take your iPhone and go shoot a video with your friends. Right, right. So cosplay. Yeah, I mean, it- oh, go ahead. Well, that was it. Just cosplay is the same way as you can. There's levels. Yeah. Um, I, I think 
it's it's very interesting because there are so many different ways you can go with it. I know one of the ones that we see a lot in the local cons down here are that there's these guys who do um, full trans uh, transformer. I think they've got Starscream, um, Megatron, and Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. and they're on stilts, so they're they're literally like ten foot high. Uh, Transformer That's great. robots. And they're, yeah, and they're like the classic 80s mm-hmm. cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Jet and really good. And it's kind of like, I would have never thought to do that. <laughs> That's really neat. I saw that at, at uh, I would argue, the big con here in the Twin Cities. And I'm sure if there's other Twin Cities listeners, they might disagree. Uh, but I would say there's one called Convergence, which it takes place usually around July 4th. And mm-hmm. there's a group of people there that also do the transformers and yeah, it's they, I think they do it with like printing things on like cardboard boxes. So it's not quite when people do like a Lego version mm-hmm. of a character, it's not quite that, but close just enough where I think it looks really, really good, but it's clearly just them folding cardboard and then doing a really good job painting it. Yeah. And, and there's people who do cardboard. There's people who do all these different like, types of phone core and, Mm -hmm. and like the, the, I've gone to a couple of panels at conventions just because I find it interesting to listen to what these people do. Uh, And I, I don't know. I like, I, I enjoy looking because you post a lot of your pictures in places that, you know, we're on Facebook together. So I see it there. I think I see it on um, Instagram though. I'm, I'm really bad at Instagramming. But, I don't Instagram. No, I'm, I, I'll put it on Twitter. I, okay, I, so maybe it's Twitter, I'm thinking. Facebook, Twitter, and then I always like to share a couple pictures, at least in Slack, yeah. to the geek to geek people whenever I do something I think is really fun. But there's been a couple times where I'm like, oh, who's this in my feed? That's a really cool, oh, it's Rob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so who, what are the characters that you tend to do most often? So for the charity purposes, uh, I am a member of a group called the Marauders MN, which is a Harry Potter or Wizarding World, I suppose, because we have Fantastic Beast people as well, uh, a Wizarding World themed costume group. And it is Amanda's fault if people want to go all the way back and listen to the Amanda episode, because she invited me out to a Harry Potter trivia night and ha- knew that I'm a, I, we've been friends since high school, her and I, or middle school, really. Mm-hmm. We've known each other a very long time. And... Uh, she invited me out to the trivia thing, knowing that I had this really terrible Mad-Eye Moody costume I had worn to the last Harry Potter movie premiere. And I mean, I didn't have a wig, so it was my own brown hair. Um, I had a fake eye, which I got at a costume shop. It was the only real thing I had. I carried a stick, a black like denim trench coat that a friend had given me, and just like a leather jacket underneath for the vest. Mm-hmm. And then I drew on the scars, but it was enough. Right. So for this one, I went and I actually put a little bit of work in and I started doing stuff. And then she's like, oh, well, there's this convergence convention. And I said, OK. And so I worked a little harder on it. And then that's where I got uh, to meet these other Harry Potter customers. And they're like, hey, let's form a group. And a lot of these people were already members of the superhero charity group. So they already kind of knew the structure they wanted. And mm-hmm. that's how the Marauders MN came about. Um, so for this Harry Potter group, I would say the main character that I do is Mad-Eye Moody and I have, uh, both his regular costume with the big trench coat and the vest with all the buckles and his Yule ball outfit, which is a kilt. Yes. I just, I was just looking at that one. 
Yeah. So I wouldn't call that one complete because right now I just bought a pair of gray leggings and cut off one of the legs. So I only have one gray leg as his robot leg, but mm-hmm. I feel like I need to draw on it with a marker. Again, I'm not crafty, but I've seen people like draw on leggings with markers and stuff for, for definition or detail. So maybe I'll make that into a robot leg. Uh, I have done Lord Voldemort a couple of times, but that takes a couple hours of makeup and prosthetics. So I only did that twice. <laughs> so I still have the robe and I kind of just want to sell it. Uh, well, because I remember when I, you got that, you were talking to us on Slack about how heavy it was. It is. It is uncomfortable to wear, especially for somebody like me whose shoulders are too big for the har- There's a literal harness on the inside of those robes to keep it all from slouching because otherwise it would fall backwards on you because there's so much more fabric in the back than there is in the front. Mm-hmm. So it has to be attached to a harness, but um, even so, my shoulders are wider than the costume I think was originally made for. So it gets really uncomfortable in there and and it'll hurt my back. Uh, But so Harry Potter, I should run through this faster because I know how much time I'm taking here. Uh, So two versions of Mad-Eye Moody, Lord Voldemort, Mundungus Fletcher, which was fun. And um, I have a Ravenclaw student where I just have Ravenclaw robes. And then since I'm bald now, I have a wig that I wear. Uh, I've been Harry Potter where I, I kind of fill in as that. And I borrow a friend's Gryffindor robes and I know I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing another one. I would say that's good enough. Well, there's quite a few. <laughs> I've been Dumbledore. Yeah. I've been Dumbledore, but that was borrowing a costume. Gotcha. And, and so there, and there is a lot of that. There's a lot of, you know, people will borrow each other's costumes every once in a while as needed. I was just going to ask, is that because I guess when you do these events, there are certain ones that you really, really want to have certain characters you want to make sure are represented. Right. So the main organization that we sort of book through for charity purposes is called Costumers for a Cause or Minnesota Costumers for a Cause. And that's a regular um, 501c3 nonprofit in the Twin Cities. I'm on the, the board of directors for that. And their purpose is to have a place for the charitable community to come to and say, hey, we hear you guys have costumed characters. I want X, Y, and Z. Can you make it happen? And then that organization in turn reaches out to these individual groups. So it's almost like a a council of people representing these different costuming groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there are times they're like, well, we're doing that. Usually for Harry Potter, it's not, they might be like, well, maybe not somebody really scary, but in general, they're like Harry Potter characters. They kind of know what to expect. Right. I think there are other times where they want superheroes, maybe not, you know, they don't want a bunch of supervillains and only supervillains to show up. Uh, most of the time, people don't know. They don't know what to ask for. That's interesting. Yeah, I would I would say I am probably the only person that has really borrowed costumes that I've seen. I think it's happened once or twice with some other members. Most of the time, people make their own costumes and sort of stick to them because I, I think with charity cosplayers, they're cosplayers first in a lot of ways, which means Mm -hmm. they develop their costumes for them. And so they have that sense of ownership with them. Um, That's not true of everybody. There's a couple in our group who just love making these costumes and they are always there open and available for anyone who wants to borrow them. And that's where I got the Dumbledore is because they couldn't make it to, it was a girl scout event where it's a specific uh, Harry Potter themed Girl Scout weekend where they talk about the contributions of all the female characters and stuff. 
Um, oh, that's neat. Yeah. And so I went as Dumbledore to do their opening ceremonies. And then I ran to my car, changed, you know, took five minutes to change into Mad-Eye Moody and then stomped back and, and sat in on their defense against the dark arts stuff. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's it for the, the Harry Potter ones. I just joined my second charity cosplay group, which is the Minnesota Superheroes United. And that was specifically because I wanted to go with them to an endgame premiere. Because nice. in my head, it was, this is likely to be the largest gathering of these costumed characters. And I want to be in that photo. But yeah. I do not have the body of a superhero. I have the body of Mad-Eye Moody. Or a Mundungus Fletcher. <laughs> so I um, sort of dug in and looked through different costumes. I said, well, you know what I can probably do? I can probably pull off Phil Coulson. Mm -hmm. So I went and I, I did some research on uh, sort of what color his suit is. And I did a couple different versions. One of them I wore to my birthday party at the Marvel Escape Room. Nice. And that was that was me wearing a, a bulletproof vest and that sort of thing. And then my friend Jolyn, who is in the Harry Potter group with me and loves doing things like making costumes and props, helped me take a bunch of Nerf guns and helped help me. I took a bunch of Nerf guns and gave them to her and she worked her magic and came back with the destroyer gun from the first Avengers movie. Yeah, and it's epic <laughs> like it's a really cool it is so gun. cool and it is it is heavy even with all the stuff gutted out of the middle of it it it'll start hurting after a while just to carry it around um but she put that together for me and so i got to go to a thursday night and a friday night premiere and i think on slack and i believe i posted it on twitter as well was the picture of the whole group from the thursday night and then i actually ended up in the newspaper the next day um, which I was a little upset by because it was a photo of me as Coulson giving a massive, uh, nerdy bear hug to Captain America. Uh huh. Like the, I love you and I'm not letting go type of hug. Uh huh. And that was the picture they used in the paper instead of like, we had an Iron Man and we had a winter soldier and we had the, the Peggy Carter version of Captain America. And we had the Scarlet Witch. And we had Hawkeye. We, we had all of these characters. And that's the photo that they decided to go with. Um, which I thought was too bad. Because everybody else, I think, put in more work, time, and money into their, their costumes. Right. But you know what? Sometimes sometimes the, the cosplay is in the, the performance itself. Yes. Yeah. And... Um, I have one more. It's the the only other costume that I've done anything charity wise with, and that is my Ghostbusters outfit. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a part of an official charity group, but uh, there's been several instances where costumers for a cause invited all the groups to one of them was a Halloween event. Um, one of them was a walk for autism. And I wasn't able to get enough Harry Potter people there. And in that situation, I'm like, well, I need some other type of costume because mm -hmm. No one wants to just see Voldemort or Mad-Eye Moody, right. like especially not just Mad-Eye Moody. You won't make sense and you will scare the children. <laughs> so instead, I have this Ghostbusters outfit. So I'll go and be a Ghostbuster and I'll, you know, rope in. I did a, a walk for autism event a, a month ago and I managed to get seven Ghostbusters there. And one of them had the pack where you flip a switch and it plays the theme song. And another one had a giant inflatable Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and nice. a full-sized uh, Vigo painting from Ghostbusters 2. Nice. 
So it's just good to get in the community and know those people, because even though we're not an official charity costuming group, when I've needed them, they've been on call. I'm actually going this Friday to an elementary school to as a Ghostbuster. Oh, they're cool. doing a sci-fi day. And uh, there's a man there who's a teacher and he owns a DeLorean. And so he does charity Back to the Future stuff. And through that, he got to know some of the local Ghostbusters guys. And so we've done a couple charity things together. That's awesome. I think. Which probably answers a later question of how that type of thing happens. The answer is by accident sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just like you guys have so many options. I, I think it's so cool that. I'm sorry, I'm going through your pictures and I just saw the one with the um, Sigourney Weaver character. Um, Which one? Is it a Sigourney Weaver in the first the the Ghostbuster movies? I'm assuming oh, that's it, who it's supposed to be. It could be. Is it where it's a, a semicircle of people in Ghostbusters outfits and a woman in the center? Yeah. Okay, so that's Gozer the Gozerian. That is the ultimate bad guy in Ghostbusters. Sigourney Weaver at that point in the movie was a dog. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So gotcha. Sigourney Weaver's outfit when people dress up as her from the first movie is that big, long, flowing uh, red dress with the glamour shots, hair and makeup. Yes. Well, it's very cool. Yes, it is. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was very distracting. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so do you do you have a favorite? Is Mad-Eye Moody your favorite? Oh, probably. I think just because that was my introduction to the whole thing. Like mm -hmm. I've tried to do costumes before for conventions or whatever. Um, I did a, a Punisher costume, I think was my first uh, comic book cosplay that I did for a con. And, uh, and that was fun and it was fine. It was when I was losing my hair, but hadn't, hadn't shaved it off yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was kind of at that point. And then really was the Mad-Eye Moody because, oh, here's a character that not only can I look like with the right stuff, but it's a character that I can kind of inhabit. And that's the fun of it. Because again, cosplayers is as different as any other sort of art medium. You have people that just want to make the costumes or look exactly like the character or actor in them. So they'll do their makeup a certain way to look like the person, but then they just kind of want to stand there and have their picture taken. Yeah. I am not that person. I am there to interact with people. And even in, even in the charity cosplay groups, there are people that are like, we're like the star Wars people are phenomenal. Uh, there was an event that we did for the Minnesota symphony orchestra where they had a fundraising event and they did sounds of the cinema. So there was a concert and they had star Wars superheroes, Harry Potter, and I think a couple Disney people there. And when people walked out of the auditorium, the Star Wars people, Darth Vader and all the stormtroopers, and of course they have a sign-up sheet, so there's only ever one Darth Vader, right? Mm -hmm. And only ever one Chewbacca are lined up perfectly as though Darth Vader and his army of stormtroopers are waiting for you to come and take a picture with them. We, as the Harry Potter people, were pretty disorganized because we had never done anything like that before. It was one of our first big events. So we were kind of like in little groups, sort of milling about, thinking we're going to go interact with people and take photos as they ask us to, rather than, no, get in a line. Right. 
And when I was doing the end game thing with the superheroes, very much the same thing. You get in the habit of like starting to turn into looking like you're just people hanging out in costumes because you'll be standing in a circle talking to each Mm -hmm. other. And as soon as somebody asks for a photo and everybody lines up properly, you find your windows. It's the same as taking a any type of group photo or class photo. But once you do that and people see that they can take photos with you, that there's a reason that you're there, you don't move for like two hours. I mean, I was on, um, I was on one knee because I had the giant gun for Colson. So I was kneeling down in the front and then everybody sort of gathers around whoever wants to be in the picture with us. And I'm, my knee was killing me. I was going to say, then you, but it's then learning. You learn that maybe, maybe you need to put something down or you're going to kneel. <laughs> exactly. You know, maybe you wear a, 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 you know, like a volleyball knee pad underneath um, the costume, but it's learning part of the, the process. Isn't just doing a costume and then figuring out a way to get a charity or a hospital or something to have you come in. Cause I mean, you can't necessarily just call up a hospital and say, Hey, I like to dress as Batman. Can I come see children? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would go over for a while. <laughs> yeah, like we have a partnership with the Children's Hospital here in Minnesota, but we very rarely, if ever, actually go up to a children's room mm-hmm. because there are safety issues because they're sick. Right. So we are usually in the lobby or they have their own sort of, they call it Star Studio, where they have their own television programming that's live just for the kids that are in the hospital. So they put on their own little local programs and then they'll have customers come in every other week or so on like a Thursday morning. And they'll go and do a show with the host where they talk to each other, play a game or two and take telephone calls from the rooms. And then if the kids are able, they could come down. That's awesome. But it's all this. Yeah, it's varied. Um, But your question was, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so rambly. Uh, That's okay. No, this is all really cool and interesting information. Okay. Because I, I, whenever we talk about cosplay, yeah. I, I think everybody listens to how do you make this? What, what do you use to do that? We don't always talk about like what you do afterwards, and the fact that you guys are doing something that's not standing in front of um, the San Diego Convention Center and taking pictures with a bunch of other people dressed in costume. You know, you're 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 using this stuff and this love of dressing up as these characters to to really you know make people feel good and and I think that's really cool. I, I the the process itself is just as interesting. Yeah, and I mean, again, that's certainly my take on it. I know there are people that are in the groups that also just really like being there with other people in costume taking photos. I mean, I know some people are like, hey, I spent all this money on this proton pack. I just want another excuse to wear it. You know, it's not necessarily the and I'm definitely doing it for charity, but those groups exist. Like for Ghostbusters, uh, there was a really good documentary on Netflix, I think just called Ghost Heads which is what Ghostbusters fans call themselves about all these different Ghostbusters groups of people in mm-hmm. Ghostbusters uniforms. They'll go to cons or they'll do, they'll, they'll, you know, have an Ecto one and they'll do car shows or parades. But then there's groups that I know are specifically dedicated to doing charity work. Like there's a brand new group in Wisconsin called Ghostbusters Medicore. And uh, that's all they do. And I bring them up because they sent me an invite to join them for a, an event that's happening in Minnesota. And I can't because I'm doing another costuming thing that day, uh, which is weird because it's not usually that busy. Right. Well, and it's I, I we were starting to, to talk about it earlier, but um, I think because you guys are so centralized in your city, you have an amazing geek culture there. 
like I'm just impressed by the amount of stuff I hear coming out of Minnesota. <laughs> it is it is pretty robust. Just in in that Twin Cities area, you have a lot of geeks that are packed in, and they like opportunities to go and play. And I mean, in the winter, what are you going to do? Right. Unless you're an outdoor sports type of person, the air hurts. It hurts mm-hmm, to breathe mm-hmm. and it hurts your skin. So if you're going to stay inside, maybe you build something or you find these conventions to go to. Um, and in the summer, it's so hot here. Like we have the most um, extreme temperature range, I think, in the United States, something like that, because it can get into the high 90s or over 100 in the summer and very humid because of all the lakes. So like on the July 4th thing, that's my other problem with my characters. I don't know how these cosplayers go to Dragon Con in Atlanta and go to San Diego Comic Con in, in San Diego and not and not die because yeah. I will start getting heat exhaustion wearing my Mad-Eye Moody costume anytime the temperature is over like 72 degrees. Right. Right. I just and we, we had a we had a Comic Con where that was really an issue. It was a very unusually hot and humid year, and oh, cosplayers were dropping like flies. Um, it's funny now, but it's certainly not funny at the time. Yeah, and so that's the other thing is if there are people that are doing it for charity, it is absolutely a labor of love. I mean, mm-hmm. you see videos of guys that are there in a Batman costume at a kid's hospital or whatever visiting children, and then you'll see it when they peel that thing off, and it's just, you know, it's a polyurethane cowl. It doesn't breathe. You're mm-hmm. just sweating in there and filling, you know, your whole costume up with sweat and just trying to hydrate as best as you can. The Spider-Man that was with us when we did one of the Avengers premieres, um, you know, he gets down in the Spider-Man sort of squatting, crouching position to take photos. And I was like, that's got to really weigh on you because my knee is killing me. And he's like, well, imagine doing this for six hours at a kid's event. It's like, because mm-hmm. that's part of the gig. Part of the gig is understanding that I just don't want to look like Spider-Man, whatever. You need to almost convince the kids you are that character or... I don't know. I, I feel like there's some lines there, mm-hmm. um, but it's certainly if you see anybody and it looks like they're fully encased in a costume, they're dying. Get them a glass yeah. of water. Yeah, I we we saw a, um, a Warcraft orc oh, at one of the local conventions, and it was like layers and layers and layers of padding where somebody had to get like on a step stool behind them to put the headpiece on yeah and he he was not he was not a a comfortable guy no (laughs) and that's he was suffering (laughs) that's the level of cosplay i try not to get into like mad eye moody is pretty bad voldemort can get bad but that's Mm -hmm. why I, i try to keep my other ones i have to wear wigs which sucks because those can get very very warm um, mm-hmm. And I have no idea how to style them or take care of them or trim them again. I like I do. I, I'm so busy trying to fill my free time uh, with all this charity cosplay stuff. But at the same time, like I have no idea what I'm doing. And yet I get <laughs> told how good of a job I'm doing. So if nothing else, it's the idea that like it's not that hard. Um, organizing and doing an organization is certainly difficult. I mean, we're still trying to like the website hasn't been updated yet to include the, I should say the customers for a cause website doesn't have the marauders on it yet. And they've been an organization for over a year now. Like mm-hmm. some things are slow cause it's all volunteer. Right. And I think people like to spend more times working on their costumes than working on running the charity itself. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's the that's in so many art, artistic endeavors. Right. We'd much rather produce the play than run the theater company. We'd much right. rather, uh, you know, set up the. We'd rather paint the the painting than do the gallery showing. Right. And they also don't necessarily need it because especially mm-hmm. like the Star Wars, I would say in particular, but also the superhero group, they get so many invitations once word gets out of who they are and they do that on their own just by being at events, you know, or going to cons and, and hosting a table like they're like the Star Wars. I was added to the Star Wars group despite not having a Star Wars costume. Mm-hmm. And the number of events that they get invited to every weekend, because it ranges, because each group, I should say, um, each of these costuming groups here in Minnesota aren't necessarily strictly for charity. Like a movie theater doing a, a screening of the Avengers is not a charity event. Um, so it's the overarching um, costumers for a cause that focuses on charity. And then in turn, they look to these costuming groups for members who want to go and do charity appearances, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's their independent, it's basically their independent groups that are, um, you know, communicated with your um, customers for a cause. Right. Uh, Customers for a cause is basically a booker. And so the idea is people in these groups are willing to do charity stuff, but that's not all the groups do. So the star Wars, there's uh, baseball games. They do twins games. Uh, Saints is the local baseball team. There's a, a star Wars, uh, Saints game coming up. They're invited to all sorts of like weddings oh, or nice. other special events because people want those, you know, because these are the groups that like Weird Al comes to town. You know, mm-hmm. he'll get a hold of usually it's the 501st, which is the international Star Wars um, right. like stormtrooper group. But then here in Minnesota, we have what's called the Minnesota Force, which is similar, but only in Minnesota. And they don't have as strict of costume regulations where some of these international ones, like you need to be very much screen accurate. This group is like, Hey, if you're a star Wars fan, come and join and we'll teach you how to make a cool costume. Yeah, no. And that I know that the, um, for the international one, it, it is exceedingly strict. Like yes. people go in sure that they've got it. And the people will say, no, no, I'm sorry. Right. You got this wrong. I'm this wrong. And a lot of the Minnesota force people are in both, right? They also do things through the 501st or the, I think it's called the rebel Legion is the mm-hmm. non, uh, empire. Again, we all geek osmosis, right? Yes. So the people that play <laughs> good eyes or good guys, uh, you know, X-wing pilots and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so what is the best way for somebody who's interested in getting into one of these groups? Like, is it just kind of troll the internet and see what you can find or go to events and say, Hey, how do I get into your group? Like what's the best strategy here? I would argue both. Um, I think just looking around on Facebook is a really good way to go. Uh, cause I know there are other charity cause I call themselves customers with a cause. Like there are other groups with very similar names to ours that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think cons is certainly another way of doing it because sometimes it just takes people at a con where, Hey, we're doing a DC photo shoot. Cool. And now San Diego comic-con might be a little different, but say if you're in, you know, Idaho, I don't know, you know, a state that's not known for having a giant convention that brings people in from around the world, then you can potentially say, okay, so here are all the people that showed up for this Harry Potter photo shoot. 
I organized by going to the Facebook page for the con and say, I'm doing a Harry Potter photo shoot at 3 p.m. on Friday. Bring your cameras and bring your Harry Potter. Like, that's how this happened. Somebody was just like, I want to do because with the Ghostbusters, I just said, I think I want to do a Ghostbusters photo shoot because I put this costume together and I ended up with all of those people that were standing in that semicircle with Gozer in the middle. And that was just because I said, anybody want to do this? And they said yes and showed up at the time I posted. Um, And from that, you know, could turn into a, hey, do you guys want to start a group? And from there, then you have to try and figure out, okay, now how do I actually figure out how to do things with charities? And that's why it was, you know, that's why here in Minnesota, they formed a special, specific, separate group just for making that part happen to make it easier for charities. Otherwise, you'd have to pick up the phone, right? Like if you're just a really good Batman, you would have to do it on your own. Call up your local children's hospitals or your other hospitals that have kids wards. Call up your local uh, Special Olympics. uh, Whatever your local autism society is, is usually a really good one. Um, And then through there, charity people tend to know charity people, right? Because it's its own community. And Mm -hmm. you just kind of get your name out there. So I didn't start Costumers for a Cause. It had been around for years before I got there. Ours was founded by a man that, as I understand it, used to be Goldie Gopher, who is the mascot for the Minnesota Gophers. And so as that character, he would go to hospitals and to events, and he would see the way kids react to seeing this costume character. And so he wanted to expand that idea to all of these other fandoms because he also does Star Wars stuff and whatever else. Um, And he's a Lucius Malfoy for our group, and he's really good at it. Nice. So it's, I think it grows organically, um, but certainly I would say just check on Facebook first and then um, go to cons, you know, figure out what sort of costumes you want to do. Try to find like-minded people. And then unfortunately, one of the hardest things for geeks to do is come out of our shell and take a leadership position and then stick to it. Mm -hmm. But that's what it's going to take. Somebody has to step up and say, okay, I'll be the one to do this thing. Like right now, I think I'm probably going to have to start doing the social media or some of the social media for costumers for a cause. Just today, I was talking with the other uh, people on our marketing committee. And I was like, hey, we have an event Sunday and nobody's posted on Facebook yet. And they're like, oh, well, this is the person with the contact info. You need to talk to them type of thing. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. fine. I can go and put up a post about one event. Um and so that's really what it, it just never posting one about one event. <laughs> right. They, they gotcha. <laughs> you're, well, you're stuck. I mean, <laughs> I do that a lot for the Marauders, but I'm not the only person. Right. You know, if I if I sort of relax off of it, there are other people that'll step in and say, hey, we're doing an event. Um, so it really comes down to finding a good way to organize all the groups that I am a part of are organized through Facebook, which I don't use Facebook itself a lot anymore, but it's still a really good way to organize people. Right. And then, yeah, it was strictly meeting people. At con- I knew Amanda and that was it. And Amanda was like, okay, and I'm going to be running a Star Wars themed cantina room at Convergence. You should go. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what this con is. And it turns out it's this weekend long thing where they feed you all. Like it's unlike any other con I think that's around. Um, and uh, I had a, a good time on my own. Uh, I was bored at some times, so I went and started volunteering. And so I met other people. 
And then I heard, oh, we're doing a Harry Potter photo shoot. Okay, I this is the I was mad I moody the whole weekend because I only had one costume. Now I have too many costumes. <laughs> and it's like, well, I can't do Voldemort because that takes hours to get in and hours to get out of. And that would be the only costume I do all day. I'm not doing that. I need to change. And there are members in these groups that I have, Joe, that will change their costumes at a convention three or four times in the same day. Wow. Just because they want to get all of those other costumes out onto the floor and take pictures with people. These are the people that are in charge of the, you know, the Harry Potter cosplay group. And they are amazing at the things that they do because that is their passion. I just like being in character and playing. I'm basically an old school, not quite a theater kid. I, I did musicals. I was bad at actual theater. But I'm I'm an entertainer, right? I like talking. I like mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. people. I like engaging. So cosplay is the way for me to do that with kids. And so I can be Mad-Eye Moody and be a little grumpy with them because standing next to me is Professor McGonagall, who will be strict, but with me, not them. Yeah. You know, or I have our Lavender Brown is so good at playing um, sort of the fool to my straight man or or. Again, my friend who built my uh, giant Nerf gun, uh, Jolyn, does Harry Potter and, well, she does like eight different Harry Potter characters as well. But when she's Neville, Longbottom, then I just have somebody there and I could sit there and be angry and rip on them. And I just have fun. It's like going to the Renaissance Festival, but you go in costume and stay in character the whole time. That's awesome. It's that. But you're doing it and making other people happy instead of just yourself. That's so cool. I'm, I, I, I think what you do is amazing. I think... It, it not only does it sound like you're having a blast, but it, but it, it's making an impact on other people. I, I think it's awesome. That is the hope. That is the hope. Thank you. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, I think um, we're going to wrap up a little bit, probably um, <laughs> uh, but you did, you did the, make the mistake of at the top of this show, what? mentioning Gambit. Um, yes. Did you look? So I have to look things up if you mention Gambit. And it's not um, like I didn't give you the time while I was rambling for another hour. Oh, that's okay. I had this before we went to break. I just forgot to go back to it. Um, <laughs> uh, the the one that I pulled up is from May seventh, so it's the beginning of. Um, it was just a week ago, and it says Disney's film slate strongly hints that Channing Tatum's Gambit is never getting made. <laughs> After more than a decade of will-they-won't-they they, tension between 20th Century Fox and Channing Tatum, it's time to finally accept that the long-teased live-action Gambit movie is probably dead. You know what he should do? Do the same thing Thomas Jane did with The Punisher after his movie got made? Just make a mm-hmm. short film. Don't actually call it Gambit, but clearly you're Gambit. Mm-hmm. And just make a YouTube short or a Vimeo short or whatever and just put it out there for people to enjoy. He's got the money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, again, if you go back and listen to our our one how we would make it, which again we were going to make a couple more of those, I think, coming up this summer. But um, you know, he just tried to Ryan Reynolds it, and and he that's not the character for him to Ryan Reynolds. No, I don't think so. No, and him trying to do the Cajun accent as well. But he could make <laughs> a little short film of a of a heist thing where a guy's doing a heist and you don't ever see him use his powers on camera, but you get mm-hmm. hints of them throughout until the very last shot where he turns, you see his eyes light up, and he pulls out a card and charges it and throws it. Roll credits. Yeah. Like, well, how did Deadpool get made? They made the short and it got leaked. Yeah, they're like, look at how awesome this would be. Yeah, he just needs to put the work in. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, Channing Tatum. It is a dream. It's just not going to ever be realized. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, any shout outs this week? I would say just shouting out to anybody else out there that likes doing the costuming thing and uh, or anybody that's nervous about doing it. Because, again, I I would love nothing more than to show up at a, at a hospital as Captain America. But I understand that with my height and my weight, that's not a good idea for the children. We want them to smile, not cry. Um, <laughs> so my shout out would just be to people that's like, you know, first of all, you can be whatever, you know, race, color, creed, height, weight that you want to be in cosplay a character. Like I in no way, shape or form am I gatekeeping for anybody but myself. And that is just my own personal mm-hmm. um, opinions on how I do it. I've seen, you know, some of the best Wonder Woman cosplayers I've seen were African-American women. Um, some of the best um, Disney princesses are people that would normally be considered overweight, but they're amazing. Right. right? It's it's not a thing that would ever hold you back from doing even charity stuff. It's just for me personally. I want, I want to make that clear. But so my shout out is just to anybody who wants to do it. Start playing around with it. Start trying it. You don't need to dump a ton of money. I have always been a savers slash uh, savers is a a thrift store here or like a Goodwill Mm -hmm. type of shopper. My Mad Eye Moody costume, with the exception of the eye, which I got from a Halloween store back when the Harry Potter movies were still going. Outside of that, everything else I have was from thrift stores or I made it myself. And I constantly get told it's the best Mad Eye Moody people have, have seen. So there's always options out there for you. You just have to have fun with it and do it for yourself first. And then if you love it enough, find a way to spread that love to other people. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I've got, I've got a feeling that uh, with um, the little changes they made to Thor, no spoilers, um, that there will be a lot more uh, people cosplaying him at uh, conventions going forward. I, I agree. I, just, I know I am certainly uh, considering it. I don't know that I'd have it done by oh, the summer. Please do. But think, even, but think even about a, it. I think it'd be fun. Even a lazy version. Even just get a t-shirt or, you know what I mean? Just like. <laughs> the t-shirt and the robe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, costume. <laughs> you know, like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I encourage this. Because it's yeah. fun. And that was the big thing is finding a character like Mad-Eye Moody was such a blessing in that it was like, oh, okay, I can actually do this and it'll be fun. Because I right. can stomp around and look cranky at people. And I found it was a lot easier to do than, say, try to be the Joker all day. That would be exhausting. Oh, God, yes. But I could look grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I just want to give a shout I want to give a shout out to um, Capsule J and Troidal Power. Because yeah. they are indeed the the newest of our our little troop. And I want to make sure they're getting the love they deserve because they are really active and really fun and really great people. So um, if you haven't started doing it yet, you should definitely watch their streams because they're a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. And I, I have never been the type of person to watch somebody else play video games online, but I will drop into their streams because when you know them and you get to hear them on the other shows or talk to them in the Slack or the Discord, like it's a totally different ball game because now they're your friend. <laughs> I I just I just read ahead and you have been busy. What did I, I do? 
there are there are fun changes to the. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, cha- I did also change the end of the show. Yes, so I'm going to read it as is. So I have no idea what's 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 coming up in that, but I do know that the plan is next week because we've had several people ask for it. Um, Ray and I are planning on doing the Marvel Phase Four discussion. Cool. So if you guys have theories and stuff you want us to talk about, go ahead and throw them in in slack or on twitter or email us and we'll give you all that information in a second but the only way that might not be next week's episode and we go to something else is because i know um ray's last finals on the 18th and i don't know that he will be able to do the amount of research that he's going to want to do for (laughs) that so we'll see we'll see where we are we want to make sure that that's a really good strong episode so um start sending us your stuff now so that it's ready probably we are recording on sunday the whatever the sunday is the 19th 20th something like that very cool i'm gonna have to send you guys a couple of my own things i want to hear you talk about yes please do because we we eat this stuff up we constantly he's been very quiet this week so i know he's studying and he's exhausted but um usually like we get two or three facebook post uh messages back and forth to each other and we just we just drop them in there we don't expect conversation we don't just like we just drop them in there and we know that the next time we talk together it's going to be on our list of discussion awesome. stuff so i like that that's a real smart way of doing it all right, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com and get your Creative Commons license when you turn 16, but only if you do your chores, Samantha. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure you join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grace. Rob, where can we find you? See, I only I only made I only made a couple small changes just, to the Creative Commons license. Just a small one, but the funny thing is, is that I will forget it's there next week, and when I cut and paste <laughs> over, it'll be there, and it'll yeah. bring a smile to my face when I'm reading the close because the closing credits are probably the least interesting thing about the show. Yeah, you you get your you get your license when you turn sixteen. <laughs> only if you do your chores, Samantha. Uh, me, I can be found on Twitter at Noby. That is K N O W B Y. You can find the and sometimes Rob podcast where most podcasts are found. I hope if you don't see it, try searching for the comic box, which was the name of the old show. I feel like sometimes it pops up as that. Mm-hmm. And they haven't swapped over the name of the new show yet. I think that just takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to make sure that I, I send out the information for the um, costuming stuff as well, since that's what we talked about this week. So for that, you can go to costumersforacause.org or you can search on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash costumersforacause. And hopefully that'll let you send you to the other ones. Um I mean, it's facebook.com slash Marauders MN, but I, I think I'd rather send people to the the bigger charity group. And then hopefully, um, as apparently I continue to use the social media there, I'm going to try and post some some more recent pictures of some of the things that we've done and uh, 
at the very least, make sure all the links are up to date. So you go through that group and then you can find the Minnesota Force, uh, Minnesota Superheroes United, the Marauders MN, and the Fairytale Friends, which is the um, Disney group. Nice. Um, we'll have customers for cause.org and facebook.com forward slash customers for cause on uh, show notes as well. So if you just want to go to that and click through, it'll it'll be there for you. Excellent. Well, thanks, Rob. It is. Uh, I didn't even go back and look at the last time you were here. It wasn't too long ago. I think it was. No. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Well, it wasn't. No, it wasn't terribly. I don't remember what it was we were talking about. I think we did I Harry imagine. Potter. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So hopefully not too. But thank you so much. I know. Again, I have this habit, especially when I talk to my friends here in the Geek to Geek Network. Uh, whenever I'm on a podcast, I feel like it's length doubles because I just get <laughs> on a roll and then you don't cut me off. So I want to thank you for letting me come and do that thing. And all of your listeners for um, if you're still here, you know, the the hashtag heard it all. Throw that up on, on Twitter. <laughs> and that means that you were patient and uh, indulged me. And I thank you for that. Not at all. It is it is always a pleasure to have you on. And we really should try and find more opportunities to even just talk because because it is always a joy i have fun all righty uh and that's it guys that's it for this week um we're trying to keep we're, we're trying to keep the weekly thing going so <laughs> wish us luck uh and until the next time uh remember this week keep it geek greetings programs and applications i'm ben and i am keith and we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks Webcast. Where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? <laughs>